this computer. Okay. Oh, no. All right. So we are back with episode two. Um, and as I explained before, Cyril Talks um, is a podcast where we are highlighting women who are often behind the scenes and often behind many of the brands um, and artists and, you know, they work in different spaces and it's often behind the scenes and we will know their work and we'll be familiar with it, but we won't necessarily know them. So this is what we're able to do with Cyril Talks. We get a chance to get to know these women. We get to um, learn about them and about their career journeys and not only their journeys, but we, we get some tips um, for those of you who are listening and who are considering um, your own career paths or are, are doing things yourself. It's great to be able to share information. So here we are. This is Monique. Yeah, Am I saying it right? I should have tried that. Yeah, Morata. Okay. Morata. So you don't have to... I'm going to say it right because I like when people say my last name right. So if I can say it, I'm going to say it. How do you it. say your, your last name correctly? Plantin. Plantin. <laughs> French. Plantin. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes people will be able to tell that it's French and they'll say it that way. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So thank you for joining us, Monique. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yes, so Monique is co-owner of Apartment 4B, which is a concept shop, a concept store. Um, and actually, I'm going to just let Monique really explain to us what Apartment 4B is. Yeah, so Apartment 4B is a shop slash um, installation, art installation um, on Fairfax in Los Angeles. Uh, for our brand, Apartment 4B. So we designed the space so that um, when people walk in, they get the feel of the brand, uh, have an idea, get an idea of where the inspiration stems from. And um, for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of walking into our store, uh, it's designed uh, and set up like a 90s era New York City apartment. I'm from LA, but my husband's from New York, from Queens. And um, a lot of the designs for our cut and sew and for our teas, um, they're inspired from his time you know, growing up in New York. A lot right. of it comes from that. So no better way to have someone understand, get a feel of what the brand stands for and represents than having it built out and letting them walk into the space. Yeah. See it, you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full experience. Um, and, I, and, you know, just this is, Monique is a perfect example of um, the kind of woman that we want to highlight because um, I was aware of apartment 4B. Well, actually, you know, I knew Moon from days but just over the years um, became familiar with apartment 4b and love the concept especially and it really resonated for me because I grew up in Queens as well and actually grew up in 
the same area <laughs> and, and in the same era of music and have a, a big appreciation for 90s hip hop. So I'm like, oh my God, like this is, they're speaking to me. Like, you know, so I love the idea. It took me a while to actually get over there though, um, strangely enough, but I was definitely appreciating it from a distance. Um, yeah, and so in, in those cases, it's always so interesting to me to, uh, because I really appreciate when people uh, just thoughtful, uh, you know, when people do thoughtful projects and, and um, put this sort of thought into what they're doing, I just want to understand the mind behind it, like the mastermind. So, um, which is again, what this, what this um, conversation is about. So I want to just go into your background um, and just ask you, you know, were you always, did you always see yourself following an entrepreneurial path? Um, I come from a family that, that yeah, I, I come from a family that had very poor in their heart. Like uh, my father, he's, uh, um, he's very much, I, I, get, I get a lot of that from him. Okay. And, um, from my grandmother as well. Even though my grandma did, you know, when she first came to the States, she did work, uh, you know, at a factory, but she always had like something on the side, like a side hustle, you know what I mean? Whether it, yeah, she always had a side hustle. So, and where um, you pardon? Where are you from? LA, okay. Los Angeles, got it. You know what, can you come a little bit closer to the mic? Or of course. Because I don't want to miss anything. Um, okay, but yes. Yeah, so always had a side hustle. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it just I, I come from a family that um, that has a deep entrepreneurial entrepreneurial. I can't. I'm, I'm just right now. <laughs> but yes, that yeah. that work for themselves. Okay. That build their own, yeah, the, the strive to, to build their own. Right. So you saw it, you witnessed it. Um, so it's it was in your blood. So was fashion, um, was this something that you were always interested in? Well, yeah. um, yes, but I never imagined having a career in it. And I never thought there was, there were like two opportunities aside okay. from like working at a, you know, oddly enough, my first like paying legit job was um, was in a retail store. Um, hated the hours because you know it was inside a, a mall. This was when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Hated the hours. Hated um, mainly the hours because you know you got to work weekends. You got to work till ten o'clock at night. Um, but never imagined. No, I wanted to be a CPA. Okay. Okay. Uh, and not because I'm obsessed with uh, accounting, but um, a friend of mine growing up, her father was a CPA, and just he was always traveling, always going to New York. They had this beautiful house. They had, you know what I mean? They just, they were a well-off family. Yeah. And to me, it was just, I want to do that. Like, what, whatever he's doing, that's what I want to do. Um, you know, because I, I, that's the life I wanted to live. So, yeah, that's mainly the reason why I even 
considered mm-hmm. um, being a CPA, but um, not because it was a passion. I come from a family, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather on my dad's side of the family, they immigrated here from uh, from Mexico. I, actually, I know that your, your father as well, yeah. uh, he had spent some time in Guadalajara, right? Yeah, that's where my parents met and I actually lived there for um, a few years and Spanish was my first language, funny enough. <laughs> do, you still, do you still speak Spanish? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's rusty. I don't get a chance to practice, but if I am around people speaking it, then it'll come back to me. And I, I, pretty, I pretty much understand it for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of immigrant families, like when they move here and they have kids and, you know, they urge their kids to go to school and do long school and go to college. Like, mainly they encourage your kids to either become like, a doctor, attorney, engineer. Um, That's pretty much it. Those are like, or yeah, like the the top three things, I think. Yeah. Um, And and so, you know, I just, I didn't know anything outside. I mean, I knew like there was other things that you can do in life, right? But Mm -hmm. um, we, my grandma very much put that into our head, like, no, you got to be like an attorney or a doctor or an engineer. Yeah. I didn't take that route, obviously, but. <laughs> that's another reason that I really want to have these conversations because that's a whole other layer is that for a lot of us who are, first gener- you know, who are children of first generation immigrants, um, you know, that's, that's. Or it, the idea of even doing something that's like non-traditional is like really being um, kind of rebellious or and we don't really have a blueprint you know we don't really have we have to really figure out we have to find our way a lot of times right um, so that to me is I find that to be interesting as well and a lot of times we are creative but when we come to this country we're not encouraged to follow those. No, not at all. Yeah. It's almost considered taboo. Like, what? You want to be an artist? Oh. You want to follow? You want to, you know, follow your passion? No. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, go get a degree. Go, you know, then go become a doctor, and then you can pay off weekends. Like, yeah, because the whole point is that they come to this country for security and for a quote-unquote better life, and to them, a better life is you know, getting your education and getting a job that that you can say with one word. You don't have to explain it. You say exactly. doctor, we know what that is. Lawyer, we know what that is. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You have a job that you have to explain, you then you're lost we you, you lost you. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um so okay. So what kind of at what point did you start to head into the direction of really making, I mean, basically in the direction where you are now, like at what point did this become something that um, you knew you wanted to pursue, uh, you wanted to start your own business, you wanted to be an entrepreneur, you wanted to go into fashion, like what was that point and like how did you go about doing that? It really happened by accident. Um, I. I didn't, I never, I didn't finish college. Um, 
I never became a CPA. <laughs> I was in finance. Um, and when I met Moon, Moon's been in, in this industry since 98. Mm -hmm. When him and I first met, um, I, was in, I was working in wealth management. And kind of, he was starting, not this brand, but he was starting another brand with a, a friend of his. Okay. And, um, you know, I would listen to some of these conversations or he would talk to me about like, oh, what's, what's going on with what, the, what they're doing. Um, prior to being in, self, in wealth management, I was self-employed, uh, running a, a, a company. And um, then 08 happened, everybody like, we all know what happened. Okay. So I was forced to go into um, corporate America. Okay. Um, and I was in corporate America for maybe two years, mm -hmm. two, maybe three years, I don't, maybe two or three years. But anyhow, so I knew, I knew, I learned a lot about how to run a business and about business in general, just from my own experience. Right. And yeah, him and I, he would, he would talk to me and I'd be like, well, that doesn't sound right. You should, you know, and I'd give him little tips here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I hated my job in corporate America. I hated, I, I hated it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, really, I didn't, I wasn't happy. Yeah. And um, one day he was just like, why don't you just help me? <laughs> like, it wasn't. You know what? I don't even think it was a conversation. Like, I don't, I honestly don't even think we had the conversation. Like, well, let's do this. We'll help him with this. It was just like, I need help with this. And helping him. And then, like, it never stopped. Right. And, uh, and then we're here. Now we're here. It literally happened by accident. I mean, prior to that, uh, prior to being in wealth management, I was doing business management. A lot of my clients were like, in either fashion or models, okay. mainly fashion designers and models. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I knew the ins and outs of the business just by helping them okay. with their business, not necessarily being in it. Um, so I did have that experience with that. And obviously, in the, the jobs that I had prior, you take what you learn from everything just follow you throughout life whether you want it to or not okay. and it's up to you to to you know use it or not right right so yeah no and that's that's sounds like that ended up being kind of almost like perfect um you know like that perfect partnership because a lot of times when people are working uh creatives often need you know like that partner to help them. yeah to the finish line you know yeah. it's, it's a yin and the yang honestly yeah i'm gonna turn off the air because i think it's making this weird noise uh, okay. <laughs> okay. thing for everyone now you guys don't want me to sing okay <laughs> um in our air conditioners like hoopty <laughs> not hoopty but you know it fits the aesthetic it's aesthetic. <laughs> it's For those of you who don't know, I'm inside this store right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> doing this podcast from apartment 4B. Yes. 
It's almost an almost complete apartment 4B. We need a little bit of pitches here and there, but we're almost ready to open. Amazing. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about all of that. Um, so I think that that's amazing. I think that, you know, you guys, okay, so what I wanna know is, so at what point did you decide to base the brand on, um, you know, kind of like where uh, Moon is from and on, on music, like where did that idea come from? Did you know that? It Honestly, it was never planned. Moon, that's, he just designs based off what he knows. Okay. Like anything and everything that he loves and, and knows and is familiar with. And, you know, till this day, there's, you know, the designs will touch on music, on uh, art, on uh, cars, you know, everything he grew up loving. Um, that's where a lot of his inspiration comes from. Right. Right, so it comes from what he's inspired. Yeah, what he's experienced, his life, really. Right, and um, which is amazing. And then, so at what point did you guys decide to open a store? So he wanted to do a pop-up shop um, on Fairfax. And obviously, uh, I'm sure he wanted, I, as a matter of fact, he wanted to open a store on Fairfax because I remember us coming and looking back in 2012, maybe, okay. maybe even before then, coming to look, and it's oddly enough, this space, this space that we're in right now. And we didn't realize it was this space till like a few years after we opened our flagship. Oh. But, you know, he, he wanted to open a store on Fairfax and I, the, the rent at that time was just like, it wasn't feasible. But um, he, there's a space, or there was a space called Tried and True. It's a vintage shop, like 90s vintage on Fairfax. And he knows the, well now we, we both know the owners, but he's really, he was really good friends with the owners, um, Ricky Lee and Crystal. And they had a empty space in the back of their store and uh, where they were using it for pop-ups. So one day we just happened to be on Fairfax. We went to go say hi to Ricky. Ricky showed us the space and then he was like, yeah, we should just do a pop-up inside Tried and True. Um, so we uh, were working on that. Initially, he wanted it to look more like a gallery. So like white walls, clean space, very minimal, and then have like, uh, you know, like when you go into a gallery, you have like a certain, uh, I'm trying to see if there's something specific, but like the triple beam, the triple beam. He wanted to put the triple beam on display with like a glass, you know, cover casing on it um, to kind of bring in those elements, but into a clean space. So as him and I were discussing and um, coming up with ideas, um, I, oh, and then he mentioned like, oh, or maybe, you know, I should like kitchen, like have a stove, but in a, again, like in a clean white space. Yeah. And, um, that's when I suggested, well, why don't you just, why don't we just design like an entire apartment, like a New York city apartment? Mm -hmm. He was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Let's just build out an apartment. Okay. And like, yeah, that, you know, that would be dope. So 
we started working and him and I are ready for like our, our own personal space. We dig a lot. Like I'm really into, well, both of us are really into mid-century modern furniture. So we were already going to dig for like certain, you know, coffee tables or like, uh, you know, chairs, uh, so on and so forth. So we knew for the most part where to go and find a lot of the things that we were going to need. Right, right. To fill the space. Wow. We got on it and it was, I think we came up with the idea, I think it was like two weeks before we were scheduled to open. Okay. We, we changed the idea from, uh, you know, white gallery space to uh, 90s era New York City apartment. <laughs> but we did it, yeah, we, we found everything. We managed to find everything we needed, luckily. So, so the pop-up, was that just to kind of introduce the brand or what was the... Yeah, it was yeah, based mainly to introduce the brand um, to the West Coast. Okay. Did it already exist on the East Coast or was it, this was... No, no but no, but we found that for the most part, the consumer and the clientele on the East Coast got the brand. Right. Like, no, no problem. Like they, when Moon designed something, they knew why he was designing that certain thing for the most part. Um, it didn't translate, I don't think, as well on the West Coast. So we wanted to take it that step further and build out a space so that then people can now walk into a space and understand where a lot of these designs and concepts come from. Yeah, you were giving it context. Yeah, and, absolutely. And you were making it so they're almost walking into this period of time in history in this particular location. So it's just about items, but they understand where these items live and what the environment is like and where they come from, which I think is so brilliant. And the thing is that I think that since you guys have done that, there's been, I've seen so many people yeah. <laughs> the pop-up thing since you right. know um, yeah that was in 2013 yeah that was in 2013 right so so you guys were kind of trailblazers um in that regard um i think especially in in the fashion space i mean i definitely feel that there's been different stores over the years where you know you walk in like for example i think of like um in new york there was a life and that was somewhat like that, where you kind of like just walk in, in and, and you're in a world, you know what I mean? Um, but, but I think that it's just, um, but I, I really think that when I think of apartment 4B, it, it really, I think set the, I, I think it like brought something new um, into just like, like the idea of how you present things, you know? Yeah. It's not just like items, it's like, no, like let's, create the world like let's give context let's bring people into this so that they can experience it all the way around you know visually and and I, yeah i've just seen so many people do things like similar to that um yeah. since, so. no absolutely i honestly um it was i feel like in a lot of ways it was the first of its kind yeah. um i've never been into a life like in new york uh, i know there's like bodega Bodega has, but more, I feel like it's more of a speakeasy where 
they have the setup in the front and then you go into a store mm -hmm. um, versus just having the store within the actual, you know, installation. Yeah. So, um, which is amazing, which, you know, what they do is amazing as well. Like that's super ill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, it, and it, 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 I'm proud that yes, it was for the most part, the first of its kind, but at the same time, it made it that much harder for us, you know, to kind of, uh, it's just when it's so new, people don't always understand it. You know what I mean? So you have to do that much more work to help people understand why and, and explain. Yeah. Even though like, yes, no doubt when they walk in, they're able to grasp and, and get a feel of what the brand's identity is. Mm -hmm. But it, it does when it's something um, that new, there's a lot more explaining to do. <laughs> but I also think not only was it ahead of its time, just as it, in connection with fashion, um, but I think just in general, there's people that just kind of now have more of an appreciation for context and, and like art and experiences. I mean, that's. Yeah since then so I think it kind of yeah. under that to a certain extent where people aren't just thinking about going to places to consume but they're also thinking about like the experience and taking in art and discovery yeah absolutely yeah so I think again like yeah you guys were definitely I think ahead of the curve when it came to that yeah so I always appreciate I always appreciate that and I always like to acknowledge that Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Let the folks know <laughs> who the masterminds are. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, for those who are not from LA, so, um, and who aren't familiar with the neighborhood, so what made you choose Fairfax? Um, Fairfax is the epicenter of streetwear. I mean, it's like, if you want to open a restaurant, Ideally, you like to open a restaurant like on Restaurant Row. Um, if you want to open like a high-end boutique, you go like to Melrose Place or, you know, Rodeo. Mm. Um, so it just, yeah, I mean, fair. it was kind of a no-brainer. It was, right. who's been in LA since 07. So he was able to be here and be a part of like, and see the transition of Fairfax going from like one or two stores to like what it is today. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, for, you know, you never know where people are listening from. So. Right. And also for those of you who aren't familiar with LA, like that's one thing that LA, um, that's very much LA. Like you want to go to shop like vintage or like punk. And now obviously it's turned into a little bit more than that, but like you'll go to Melrose. So because LA is so spread out, there's these streets instead of like malls, no doubt there's malls here as well, but there's streets for whatever it is you're looking to go shop for. Like I mentioned, like you can go to Melrose place and you're going to get like What's, what's on Melrose Place now? I'm so, <laughs> I haven't been shopping. I've been in quarantine for so long, I don't even know, but you have like Marc Jacobs or, yeah, you know, some, I, I totally 
There's some Highland shops. I guess Melrose is long, so I, I guess it's like there's like Melrose Avenue, which is like um, east of Fairfax. Would it be east? Yeah, I think it's east of Fairfax, and then you have Melrose Place, which is that little street that's like between La Cienega and uh, I think it's Crescent Heights. And then obviously you have like Robertson. Robertson's also, you know, a bunch of uh, stores there as well. Right. And you have um, Rodeo, which obviously it's yeah. turned into way more than Rodeo now. There's like three streets filled with like high-end stores. Right. So yeah. that's, that's very much an LA thing. I, I don't know how it is in like New York or in other parts of yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for those who are listening, maybe they just want to hear about the experience or maybe they want to think about their own businesses. But I think, you know, you guys knew who you who would be interested. Yeah, we knew who our consumer was. Right. And you knew that the person who's strolling down Fairfax and who's going to, you know, a, a, coming from Supreme or, you know, whatever other sneaker store or streetwear store. Right. It, and I also want to stop in or would most likely want to stop into apartment 4B and grab something, you know, it's all part of the same outfit. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, and I, I get that, but it's just like something, one of those things that it might seem obvious to some people, but people have never been to LA. They have no idea. Right. Right. And it's even good. Sometimes things are obvious and to certain people and, you know, sometimes we see stores pop up and you're like, mm, is it going to last? Because you just, you know, like these are things that I think sometimes people take for granted. Like these, there's so many decisions that go into starting a business and right. is crucial, you know, and, and I, and I always think about LA, um, because of the fact that you don't have as much pedestrian traffic. Um, I mean, but Fairfax, I feel, has a good amount of... Oh, yeah. The food traffic's amazing here. Right, exactly. But but not everywhere. So I always think, like, about how important that decision is in a place like L.A., where... And that's the other thing I was going to say with your store. It's like a destination store. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, which I think is another added layer to it, um, you know, like, part of kind of what... The thinking was that something that you were aware of initially or did that just happen to work out as well that you knew that it was going to be a place that like when people come to LA that there I know I have a friend who comes to LA and they're like yeah. oh, for B. oh wow yeah, yeah that's that's amazing <laughs> I mean we've heard obviously you know we'll have customers come in and um you know they're oh we were in town we didn't get to make it here you know when we first landed but we, we had to stop by apartment 4B and they'll be like, they'll, it'll be like their last stop before heading to the airport. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we hear customers tell us and that obviously makes us so amazing. But um, yeah, did we ever expect? No, no, to me, that's amazing. And that's nothing I ever expected. Not, neither one of us. So it does definitely makes us feel good. Right. So I have a question. So, okay, in terms of securing the location, now as business owners um, of color, um, did you have any hurdles? Did you find that you had any difficulty um, finding a location, uh, getting whatever backing you might have needed, just like that whole process? 
Well, um, honestly, we, okay, so we were set up as a pop, we did our pop up for the first time in 2013, and that was from November up until January, going into 2014. And then um, we, we didn't do any pop-ups in 2015. I mean, in 2014, the, the remainder of 2014. And then in 2015 of August, um, we set it up as a pop-up again. And it was supposed to go from August, September through December. Then in September, October, we realized this space was, at the time, it was taken by another brand. And then we realized that they were no longer around. And so I, you know, told Moon, go talk to the landlord, go find out like what's going on with that space. Actually, he spoke with the, the guy who, um, who, who had the brand in the space and asked him like, hey, what's going on? Are you guys? And he mentioned, unfortunately, they were closing their doors and Moon expressed his interest in the space and told him like, you know, put me in contact with the landlord. And he did. And fortunately we have a really, I mean, he's a really nice, really dope landlord. Mm. Um, so in securing the space, not so much. He, he really helped, not helped us, but he really, you know, whatever, he, he didn't make it impossible for us. Obviously we had to get him all the, everything that's required, mm. but um, yeah, it was, it was a fast process. He didn't make it harder for us harder than it already is right to rent a space but um in as far as back like capital we're self-funded um i never even honestly like even the the last business i i had i never raised capital yeah. so we we didn't yeah we didn't have any backing <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know, I, you know, I wasn't fully aware of where, to, how to even go, where to go, to, you know, to, to find capital. Well, you probably, I mean, and I'm sure in the long run, you're way better off. Yeah, for sure. Anybody but yourselves. Well, absolutely. A hundred percent. I would do it all over. It's harder, obviously. I don't recommend it. It's not for everyone. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. And <laughs> It's definitely not for everyone, but um, I would do it all over again. It's amazing. Okay, so um, opening day. Once you decided you guys are opening a store and it's, you know, you're, you're cutting the ribbon. <laughs> How did you feel that day? Do you remember <laughs> Stressed. Um, yeah, you know what? We everything happened so quickly. Uh, we literally hit the ground running. I don't think we had time to like sit down and really take in everything that would, that hap that happened to us and was happening to us until like a few years in. To be, if I'm gonna be like a hundred percent honest, like we were working seven days a week. Um, it was exhausting. Now looking back, I, I do. It was very exhausting. Yeah. But um, we didn't on. I wish we. I wish I could sit here and tell you like, you know, 
we were so happy and we took pic I don't think we have a picture from that maybe we do I don't know but <laughs> but it, it just everything happened so fast right that we really didn't take it we didn't take it all in unfortunately but we're gonna reopen and hopefully when we reopen like in the next few days we can kind of um, enjoy it a little bit more <laughs> So, you know, when you're working really hard and building something, you're just, I mean, your head is down. You're just so focused on making sure everything goes the way you want it to go and all your, your T's are crossed, you know, like you're not even able to look up and really take in what's actually, you're not, it all happens the way you, uh, you know, according to the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Now, my question, my next question is, um, what do you have a kind of a long-term vision for the company in terms of expanding? Do you see yourself opening other locations? Um, do you think you'll open any other location in New York? No, absolutely. That's obviously that's, that's the plan. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have an exact time frame for all of that. Um, we obviously we have our five-year plan and with COVID and everything that happened um, we might be set back another year so it might be like a six-year plan at this point but uh, yeah we, we would love to open um, a location in Japan in Europe mm. in Europe and obviously New York most definitely Right. I'm sure they will love you in New York and Japan. Yeah, I've about, I feel like 90s hip hop is basically timeless. You know what I mean? And the, the people who love it and appreciate it are like diehard fans. Yeah, the, yeah, the Japanese, they, they don't know, they don't love it. They like breathe it, they do everything. They, they really, take it to a whole new level, like the appreci appreciation uh, well, to a whole new level. Right. No, I think that would be incredible. Um, so let's see, next question. So, okay, two, two things. Now, um, how is it being a boss? Because you have you have staff, right? We do, we do, we have a small team. <laughs> it's, it's funny, it's interesting. Uh -huh. um, Moon and I joke all the time because, like, he's the good cop on the bad cop. <laughs> um, honestly, they're like family to us. They're like, on it, I feel like they're like our little brothers. Okay. Is that, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or if that even sounds right. I don't know, you know, I'm definitely like, I'm not very like, oh yeah, do whatever you want. Um, I'm the, the older, stern, <laughs> strict sister and Moon's like the fun, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's just like, if, if, and if they need, if I need to deliver bad news or if we need to deliver bad news or have a talk with someone, it's usually me. Okay. Um, but sometimes, you know, depending on the situation, Moon will step in, but for the most part, yeah, he, he loves it. He thinks it's hilarious that he is a good cop and I'm, I'm the bad cop. How does that always happen? I feel like I always end up having to be the bad cop too. I don't know. I honestly, I, yeah. I know. And, and most of the situations too, like he's always like, well, you know, 
I'm gonna blame you. <laughs> or I'll tell him, there's been times I tell him, just blame me, like, you know. Um, but no, he's just more personable, I think. Moon's like, I don't know. He's just more outgoing. He's the, the more outgoing one out of the two of us. Yeah, but you guys have a great balance. Um, yeah, we, it, uh, we can't both be, you know, fun and nice all the time. You know what I mean? And I'm okay. I, I As is, I'm like the oldest in my family. So I'm okay with being that, having that title. Yeah, you're like, we have to get things done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm here, people. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Um, so along with that, do you feel that you had any, um, ever face any like issues or obstacles being a woman, a business owner? I mean, obviously you guys are partners, but you know, like you're, it's, it's just the two of you, you have an operation going. So do you feel like you faced anything? Like with- I mean, yes, but not nearly as, as, it wouldn't be as rough had I not had Moon. You know what I mean? Because I'm not dumb. I, I know when to tell him. There's there's times where I'm just like, no, you have to go talk or you have to go have this conversation because I know I know it's just gonna be easier for both of us. And why am I gonna even we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. So, you know, uh, yeah, but most definitely. I've faced, despite having moon, yeah. you know, I faced obstacles. It doesn't, sometimes it didn't even matter that I had him there. Um, it's, it's not easy, especially when you deal, when you deal with someone from a certain generation, you know, it's just, second for, for the most part. Right. Younger generation for you know I haven't had any issues when we work with different generations. I don't want to I don't I don't want to say the wrong thing, right? But it's just a certain generation that I you know I've unfortunately experienced mm. uh, some uphill battles with. Yeah, when it comes to business. Yeah. No, I mean I think it's just across across the board. I mean I totally get where you're coming from. Um, you know, uh, having to work with all different ages myself. So yeah. I get it. I get where you're coming from. Um, so, but I am blessed in the sense that there's been times, literally been times where people that we've dealt with didn't want me to have a seat at the table. And Moon, I'm, I'm so lucky and blessed in that. I, I feel blessed in that sense that Moon is so secure and he's like, he just, he doesn't think that way. He doesn't have that mentality. And he's just like, no, she's, she's, she's going to be in this conversation. Right. Whether yeah. anybody likes it or not, she's, she's going to be included. And he will, there's been plenty of times where he's done that. Yeah. That's so amazing though, that people yeah. have the, like audacity <laughs> to could have that conversation to be had knowing that and and not for whatever reason whatever their hang-up is whatever their whatever perception you know whatever their ideas are for them to actually think that you're they're not going to have it with the the person who owns the business you know what i right. mean right no it's trust me it was it's been interesting 
I am thankful that Moon is confident enough to not give a shit, really. Right. And that's so important. That's so important. Most guys, you know, they cave into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they don't want to cross a certain way or, and thank, thankfully, I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. So I have my back when it comes to, to that, for sure. A thousand percent. It's so interesting. I think I'm going to do a follow-up at a certain point because I have a few friends who are couple owners of stores. Yeah. Like I've had similar conversations, so at a certain point, I think I'm gonna come around and do like a follow up, like a panel or something, because I that's like a whole other conversation in itself. Like that's that's like a whole t- another two hours. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's amazing though because you know I think obviously relationships are already a, a whole thing in of itself, but then to be able to work together and be business partners. I mean, I think, you know, when done well, it's like, it can really be an amazing thing. Yeah. It's hard. it's hard. It's been, you know, dude, I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. It's been, it, like the first few years, it, it's, you know, it's tough. But, um, but it's worth it. I tell people, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. If you can work through it and compromise and find like a happy, medium or happy balance like it's a thousand percent worth it because I can I, I I mean I trust him right I like fully trust him um and it's just weird you not to say that you can't trust you know someone that isn't your significant other in business I'm not saying that but it's just like it's just a different I, honestly it's just a different level Right, right. Yeah, because there's also just like a level of appreciation that you know. Yeah. Um, have there ever been a time when you guys weren't on the same page? And if so, how do you kind of work through that? Yeah, no, there's been times that we weren't on the same page. And for the most part, not for the most part, but um, sometimes I, there's been a few times where I just have to let him, I'll, I'll go along with it. Okay, we're going to do it. And then I'll tell him what's going to happen or what I think is going to happen. Uh-huh. But you just got to let them see it for themselves, right? As long as it doesn't like burn the, the place down, you know, like honestly, sometimes that, that's the compromise. Sometimes you just have to let them experience it firsthand. Right. Um, and, you know, that and then then you can be like, okay, the next time around when, when it, you know, same subject or, you know, opportunity arises, I can reference, I have something to reference now. <laughs> right. Not, not to say that it changes anything because there's been a few times it doesn't even matter. It, it just doesn't change it. But, um, sorry, that's August. Thanks. <laughs> but for the, you know, yeah, there's been times where you just, I have to just be like, okay, let's do it then. Mm-hmm. Do it. Because that's probably just like good uh, advice to just give, like relationship advice in general. You know. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not gonna hurt, it's not gonna hurt me physically. It's not gonna hurt him physically. Um, you know, are we gonna lose a few dollars here or there? Maybe, but sometimes you just you, that, that's what it is. You gotta just. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't lose anything, you know, but you just, you gain a really bad experience. Yeah. And that's what it is. Um, 
So okay, now let's, I guess, fast forward. So you, so you guys opened in 2000, what year again? The, the flagship, the Apartment Therapy Concept Shop opened in 2015. 2015, okay. So, and then when did you have your event with Jay-Z? That was in 2016. Wow, okay. So that was, so you were a year, a year in. We were literally uh, seven months. <laughs> Six months at the time that they contacted us, but seven months by the time, um, yeah, everything happened. So how did that come together? Um, they, they reached out, someone from their team reached out to, uh, an acquaintance or a friend of Moon's, uh, told them that they were interested in doing, celebrating the Reasonable Doubt 20 year anniversary here in Los Angeles. Um, it happened to land on the same weekend as the BET Awards. Um, and they want, so they wanted to do it in LA and asked him if he knew of any spaces that they could have this pop-up in. And according to what he said, and according to what they said, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, no, no, like no questions. I don't even have to think about this. You have to do it at apartment 4B. And they're like, apartment 4B, what's apartment 4B? And he explained it to them and um, said, I'll put you in contact with Moon. And a few hours later, they called us told us exactly what it is that they wanted to do. Um, and we took it from there. Yeah. At first I, I was like, oh, this, it's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll take the call, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Um, so did you, okay, so were you surprised? Like. And were you, did you end up working with his team or did you end up having to um, deal with Jay at all? Just in terms of like, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, no, <laughs> his team handled everything for the most part. He literally just showed up and, you know, the day of, and uh, celebrated with everyone, but uh, yeah, no, with his team. Right, and was it, was, did you have to make any adjustments to the store or was it like as is, like that's all they wanted, was like just exactly what you guys have is what, what we want. No, we left it as is. The only thing we changed were, um, we added some photos, some old photos from that time, uh, we framed them and added them to, um, you know, like scattered throughout the apartment. Uh, every time we, for the most part, every time we do an event, we always try to bring in like the photography aspect of it as well. Like we'll have above our couch, we have like a gallery wall and we feature different photographers throughout the year. Uh, and throughout the store, you know, we have old photos as well. Um, we had a lot from Shirt King Fade prior to that, but for the event, we switched those photos out and put some photos of, you know, Jay and his crew during that time. And did you see growth when it came to your customers after that? After getting the call? Ultimately, 
Um, no. <laughs> not, no, and I don't mean that in a bad way, uh -huh. but because it was the media put it out as like a pop-up shop, people literally thought it was a RD20 pop-up shop. And that, you know, it was only gonna be there for like a few weeks and then it was gone. So as a matter of fact, like even after, like months after, if someone would come to Fairfax and see that we were still here, they were like, well, I thought this was like temporary. And you know, we would have to explain the whole thing to them, but you already know. I mean, it was, of course, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like sometimes when those opportunities come along, it's like just the way that it's delivered. It's like, like little things mattering. Yeah, we will twist it just, you know, whichever way they need to in order for it to, you know, clickbait, you already know. Right, right. Uh, and obviously like anything Jay does and touches is gonna overshadow whatever it is that, uh, you know, it's just, he's, he's the bigger, he's, he has the, he has the name. And so, and, you know. Yeah. Which actually, you know, it's interesting because I remember I was like, oh, wow, like that, they brought like him coming to the store and kind of making it, making, bringing it to a much wider audience. Sometimes you think about that in different ways, right? Like, because a lot of times people like to feel, you know, when they're, when they feel like connected to uh an independent brand, you kind of feel like it's your thing, you know what I mean? And and so you're like, oh, is this about to like just kind of go mainstream? And right. you know, everyone gonna be doing, you know, into this now. And so it's always interesting to just see, like, obviously, yeah, it's good for business and exposure is always great. But it's just, it's always like, I remember I was thinking like, oh, it's that's gonna change things, you know, because now it's definitely going to reach a much wider audience but so it's maybe it's it's you know kind of like it still felt like you know like it's maybe it wasn't a bad thing you know that no, not at all not at all i, I mean it, looking back um obviously it was a little you know the last few months after that was a little bit of a struggle but you know, we were able to kind of get through it and uh, kind of explain to our consumer and the clientele like what it, you know, what it is. And um, yeah, it was fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm. Part of me is, I, you know, I, I don't know if I should say it <laughs> or say it. I don't want to say it the wrong way, but I'm glad that we still get to take the credit for the success of our business versus, you know, had Jay-Z blown the, the brand up, you know, no doubt I would be thankful and I would, you know, be very happy, obviously. But, um, you know, then it, it, now we get to take, wherever our business is at today is because of us and not because someone co-signed us, right? That's such a great way to put it. Yeah. He didn't, yeah, he didn't make or break, you know? Yeah, exactly. He experienced it, you know? He came and experienced it. Yeah, no, and, and we're, I mean, beyond grateful 
and yeah. think that he's, you know, this is our baby. Right. I know it's a store, I know it's a business, but this is literally our baby. This is our, you know, work of art, piece of art. And for someone that we've looked up to um, for so long, for them to come and even just appreciate it um, and or see it, that, that means more than enough to me, you know? Totally. I mean, more than enough. Right. I'm, not, I'm not greedy. <laughs> I mean, that's what you really want. Like someone like you know that it's gonna speak to him and resonate and it actually or that's the kind of person that you assume it's gonna speak to and then it's like Absolutely. And I'm obviously we didn't ask him when he was here, like, do you love it? I'm not gonna ask him that, right? <laughs> but a few weeks later Ben Baller was uh on the block and he came in and he told Moon, him and Moon had a conversation. He was like, yeah, I spoke to Jay the other day. And I was like, you know, so what did you think? Well, you know, apartment building. And then Jay was like, wait, I don't know exactly what he said. Moon, what did you say? That he... Uh, never been in a store and felt like he was in the Yeah, that, you know, he'd never been in a store and felt like he was in his environment. Not his, not, obviously not his environment today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our environment today, like the total opposite of his environment today, but well, he went back in time, time capsule. Yeah, yeah. So it, um, yeah. When when Ben Baller told Moon that, I was super happy, obviously. Right. Wow. Yeah. No, that's a great, great cosign for sure. Um, so, also, I guess just a little bit more about the store um so in terms of just like the items that you've included in it like how much thought like how did you go about deciding on like what those you know obviously you're not filling it up with a bunch of different things you have very specific items in there so how did you go about like deciding on what you wanted to display um well a lot of it um is moon stuff for the most part <laughs> like you know like his old uh you know baseball cards and vinyl a lot of vinyl um but and like as far as what's sold in here like what we sell it's just our our, our brand like just our teeth our our cut and sew um every once in a while we'll have sneakers in here um the vinyl's not for sale, it's just for display. A lot of the things are just for display. Obviously, the, we have the art on the walls, that's for sale. So we do get that a lot when people walk in, ask us, you know, what, they're like, what's for sale in here? <laughs> Can we buy vinyl? So we do have to explain that to them, but for the most part, it's just our uh, apparel, our accessories, and sneakers, and the art. Everything else is, um, Part of the installation. Now, do you always plan to hold carry your brand in your store, or do you see yourself selling it in other locations? Or has anyone ever requested to sell it in their stores? Yeah, yeah, we've had requests. We've had requests uh, to have it sold in other stores. But no, I think for the most part, because everything that everything that we make is is made in Los Angeles. It's not it's not cheap right in los angeles and we don't want to make it so
So to, to you know, we don't want to make it so expensive that our poor consumer can't afford it at, at that point. You know what I mean? We want to keep it at a certain price point so um, so that it's attainable. That people, you know, we don't want it. We would have to have, if we sold it to other retailers, it would have to be marked up. Uh, so for the most part, we plan on just doing direct to consumer uh, for the life of our brand. But yeah, we'll see. If anything, you know, obviously, anything arises or pops up, we would obviously take it into consideration, but it, that's not our plan. Right, right. So now, it to most to recent to where we are now. Um, so obviously we are in the middle of a pandemic um, and the beginning has been just crazy. So you guys were directly affected um, by the uh, rioting that took place here and the looting. So um, how, tell me how that's been for you. It's been challenging. <laughs> it, um, you know, we had to, we've been working on the rebuild of the store. Um, it's, yeah, it hasn't, it's been, it's a weird time. It's a, a really weird time, especially in LA, I feel like. Um, you know, not only do we have COVID, not only do we have all the protests and the rioting, now we have like these wildfires everywhere. And I mean, it's just, I'm like, you know what, we just, honestly, the, it's gonna keep crumbling <laughs> around us. We just gotta keep it moving. We just gotta. Yeah, and I think that's what the the thinking that we have to stop at this point. Because before it was. Sorry, hold on. Every time something happened, and obviously everything that's been you know huge. Like there's no like yeah, you do need to. Everything has been like so many unprecedented things that yeah. but at the same time it's just been so much back to back that I think yeah we're at a point right now where we're like all right we have to figure out how to sink or swim because nothing it's it's probably going to get a lot more worse before it gets better you know with this election coming up I know I, I hate to be the barrier of bad news hopefully that's not the case yeah but I'm prepared for it and just, yeah, uh, it's a weird time. It's right. such a weird time. Okay, yeah, we I have my video on and I'm gonna do something that's weird, but I need to turn my light on. It's getting, oh, getting darker and darker, so whenever they watch this, well, the video will be edited. It's just the audio that won't be. Okay, I'll get But they can handle it. Cause you know, they're home with us. You're in the store, I'm in my home. Yes. Sorry guys, we're like, we're supposed to open today. Didn't open. Moon's still doing like the little final touches needed. I forgot my lipstick. I did my hair in my storage room. <laughs> uh, but you know what, I, and I, I was like, it's never gonna be the right time, especially now that we're about to open. So just gotta do it now. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's that's kind of how we have to, I think now we know what measures we need to take, yeah. uh, precaution, you know, like we have a way now. Before we were just thrown, we were completely out of our comfort zone. Yeah. We really never dealt with this before. 
Um, we didn't know what was safe, not safe. So now I kind of feel like we've finally kind of gotten a bit of a grasp, a bit yeah. of it. I mean, to a certain extent. So I just think, yeah, as long as we put those measures in place and, you know, we can still figure out a way to operate. I mean, I've even had to like go to the studio and yeah. things like that. And be mindful of other people's right. health conditions. And, you know, like I, I haven't seen my grandmother in I don't know how long. I feel so bad when I go there. I, I wish go like try to go once a week to drop off wine or food. Right. She wine though, for the most part. She's like, bring me wine. Because <laughs> she's so used to being out and about, she's just like so bored. She's like, just bring me wine. Having hugs at home. <laughs> it breaks my heart that I can't hug her. Oh, right. Oh. I know with the store, so you guys dealt with the looting, but I know you, we've obviously talked about this, but, but then just the day after, just kind of like how how I mean you've told me what you experienced people showed up for us for, yeah. not, and when I say us I'm not just saying us like Moon and I or apartment 4B I mean like for the block like the next day uh which, which was a Sunday we came, came to, to, to the store and one of our neighbors had swept up all the glass um that was you know, in the front of our store on the sidewalk. He swept that up. Another one of our neighbors had already called a company to come board up the, um, the storefront. Um, and then like hundreds of people showed up with like trash bags, paint brushes, uh, paint, uh, brooms, dustpans and literally were like scrubbing the graffiti off all the walls wow. uh, up. I mean you name it people were just like it was it was crazy we were I was a little in shock you know because I didn't expect to see that I didn't expect to drive out here and and witness like hundreds of people oh they even brought like food they were handing out food handing out water bottles wow. um, it was really dope hey Sorry, hold on. I'm gonna take August to the back really quickly because okay. he's trying to get all the attention. Sorry. Oh, no problem. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. It's a waste of time. He just literally ran back over here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're going to, uh, let's see, just a couple last few things. Um, well, so I was going to ask, has anyone ever given you advice that stuck with you? that you felt like you always kind of refer, have referred back to over your journey? Honestly, I mean, obviously like, uh, you know, I, I, ref I talk about my grandmother a lot because even though she's my grandmother, my father, my mom and my dad had me at a really young age. And so like their family really, it took a village 
it literally it really took a village to to raise me and there was nothing specific that my grandmother said um just the way she brought me up that you know she basically just yeah just the way she brought me up so there's nothing specific that she's or specific advice that she's given me literally just how she helped raise me um honestly off the top of my head i can't think of one person giving me you know advice um in regards to to business or in life is that what you're general you know i mean i I would say more business but Sometimes it applies to both. So yeah, you feel that in general, you just always kind of, but you know, I mean, if, if you feel like, you know, if your grandmother gave you a foundation, a strong foundation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was really just the way I was raised. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the, way, the way I was raised and not only her, you know, my father also, you know, taught me to they both of them taught me to be very independent and hardworking. Mm-hmm. Never, yeah. never rely on or depend on anyone. Right. And I think that uh, that those words really spoke to me. And the reason it's it's really mainly the reason why we are here today and have you know apartment four B and have opened apartment four B and we didn't without any back you know without any funding. You know it, it was literally. <laughs> like, okay, let's take everything we got and, and put it into this thing and uh, just work nonstop. Again, like I mentioned earlier, not for everyone. Wouldn't recommend it to everyone. We've made a lot of sacrifices. You know, miss a lot of birthdays, miss weddings, miss holidays, uh, you know, no vacations, but it, it feels like it's worth it. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. I'm doing the same thing in like another five years, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but for now it does feel like it's worth it's been worth it. Yeah. And that's that's what matters, you know. I mean, I think because no matter what, in life you're gonna sacrifice some way no matter what it is you're doing. So you do it for something that you really love and care about. Yeah, absolutely. There's no there's no there's no like way that you're not Whatever it is you decide to do, you're that just comes with the territory if you set out to do anything. So yeah, no, totally. Um, so uh, okay, just a couple more questions. So are any are there any books you would recommend? I love 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 The Alchemist. I read The Alchemist every year, once a year, and I've been doing it since like 2008. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not like the Bible, obviously, you know what I mean? But it, I, and I learned something new from it all the time. And it's like, it's just a nice reminder. Right. It's like, it's, it's just a nice reminder. I love that. Um, one of my favorite books, this, another book that I opened for the first time since 2007 or eight was, um, I don't know if you've ever read it, A New Earth. I actually haven't. Mm-mm. It's really good. It's, for me, the first time I read it back in 2007, 2008, it was a really hard read for me at the time. Not because it's like a hard read, 
but because of where I was at, <laughs> I don't think I was fully prepared and ready okay. to take in a lot of what's uh, what's uh, preached or, or written in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, but I read it again last year for the second time, and it just, I was like, wow, I really like, I listened to it the first, as, as, as tough as it was for me to fully um, embrace back then, um, I think like with time, I have. I've, ta I've really taken a lot of what I've read into consideration and um, yeah. implemented in my life. So those, those are off the top of my head, those two um, are definitely, yeah. And, and if you have, I, I do want to read more, like more business books. I don't know if you have anything. Um, yeah, kind of scat. Like I don't. Yeah, I tend to read biographies. I love oh, or autobiographies. That's oh. either biographies or autobiographies are always my favorite. Um, if, I, if I can throw a third one in there, I did read Michelle Obama's Becoming. Oh yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. But yeah, I love biographies as well. My favorite. Um, yeah. And I'm always reading like too, too many books at once. But the funny thing that it's funny you say Alchemist because I did just start reading that again. And I agree. I mean, I think a lot of the things they don't necessarily like resonate or really mean much to you until. I mean, the reason I'm reading it is that it'll take on different meaning at different points in your life. Okay, so and if you're ready to take in some of that information um, as well. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody's ready. Like you read it and you think you're ready, but you're not always ready. <laughs> it's like the same thing sometimes with, I mean, even like music or with certain films, you know, we might've watched it when we were younger and then later on you watch or hear the same thing. You're like, oh, this actually, I actually understand what they're talking about here. You know, like I get it. Yeah. Same thing with that book, especially since you're talking, it's so much about like life experience. I mean, you're not really gonna get it experience certain things, you know? Um, and it takes on different meaning. Um, so, yeah. So I think we're pretty covered. Unless you, there's anything you wanted to touch on. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, and then I just do this this thing at the end where I just um, ask ten questions. You you don't you don't know what these questions are yet. It's just like impromptu. So yeah. There. All right, and they're just simple questions. But all right, so well, actually, I don't know if this is gonna. Well, what's your favorite city? I mean, outside of LA, but. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I'm born and raised here, but city um, to travel to. I love Paris, obviously. Um, okay. I love, I love New York too, though. Mm -hmm. I do. I, Moon and I were the other night. I'm like, don't you miss New York? We watched something, and I asked him, "Do you miss New York?" And he was like, "Yeah, like you know, but not like." I was like, I really, really, really miss New York. And I know it's not like paradise and I'm not gonna go and lay out on a beach, but 
just to go take in all the grind even <laughs> the, the over all the people the noise the the trash <laughs> i don't know i love new york i do love new york yeah now that Personally, i would want to live in new york yeah yeah i mean it, it's definitely i am a diehard new yorker but i will say that um yeah, like certain things after a while you you realize you can out, you know. Yeah, that's where he's at. Like he wants he's like, I like to go visit New York. I don't necessarily want to live in New York. Right. right. Like, you know, when you after living in LA, like No, I guess. I mean I I've, I've been here my whole life, but um, you know, you take I guess I do take like the good weather and the friendly people and all that for granted. And <laughs> thought I would become this person because this is the thing that you always hear people from LA say they're always like the weather and I, oh, I don't have a problem I never had a problem with the weather in New York I've grew up with seasons I'm used to just you know change you know just changing my wardrobe accordingly I've never had a problem with the winter I just you wear a coat you wear boots that's what it is and now I am that person I appreciate this weather so much yeah it's just great to like barely have to listen to the weather. You know what I mean? Every day. It's like. I mean, the past few days have not been fun. It's been extremely hot here. Like, intense. But it's still, I'm, I'm sure it's not as bad as some other places. Or the, we don't have the humidity to go with it. Or the, the sporadic, like, rain. What are they? The, the storms that. <laughs> if you're out about in New York having a great day and then it just starts raining on you. Right. Yeah. We don't. We definitely don't have the elements here they uh, have in New York. Um, okay. So, shoes or sneakers? Ooh. I should say, I'm sorry. Heels or sneakers? I want to say heels, but I'm always in sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I used to always be in heels. Always. Like, girl, I think I went to Disneyland one time in like platform heels. I'm not Like, I was always in heels. But um, as much as I love wearing heels, if like now if you put heels or sneakers in front of me, I'm going to put the sneakers on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all get, we all get there. Um, so, um, Vogue or Time Magazine? Vogue or Time? Ah. You can be honest. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to say Vogue. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll listen to like the New York Times podcast, <laughs> or I know, or you know, like a podcast. It's every morning I'm listening to like a political or like you know an important podcast. I was gonna, I'm gonna as, as the last question. I'm gonna ask you to recommend, but we'll get there. Okay, HGTV or Netflix? Uh, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Um. Wine or coffee? Wine. <laughs> Country or city? City. High rise or farm? High rise. <laughs> um, 
Digital book or physical book? Physical. Okay. Physical all the way, 100%. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, do you have any podcasts you'd recommend? Because I know you're a podcast listener. Yeah. Um, the New York Times, uh, The Daily, it's called The Daily. Democracy Now, I love to listen to. And as far as like a fun, oh, um, do you want me to give you a few? Because I literally every every day I'm listening to like four. Yeah, no, I know you're a podcast person, so I'm like, yes. Uh, for beauty, I love Naked Beauty Planet by Brooke DeBarge. And um, then Something You Should Know is a it's this weird podcast. It's called Something You Should Know, and they they cover like everything and anything. Okay. Interesting. I might have to check it out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we, we've covered it all. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for choosing me to, yeah. uh, to be a part of this. I'm not a good interviewer. I still got to give you a picture. I hate taking pictures. I, <laughs> you are basically making me confront and face every fear that I have, like interviews, pictures, video <laughs> you gotta do it no I'm i figured out you know when you mentioned it to me i figured okay who better than to someone than someone that i've you know because throughout quarantine every week for the most part we've all been not all of us but there's a few of us that have been like partaking in a virtual happy hour we gotta do a shout out yeah, so I think that was, it was a good uh, way to make me comfortable or get me comfortable to do something like this because I would run. If Mo prior to quarantine would be like, uh, no, sorry, can't do it, I don't have time. Or, you know, I'd make up some crazy excuse just to get out of it. But I did, it did bring me uh, comfort knowing that it was gonna be. Yeah, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, and I mean, the thing is that like, like I was saying, like there's, people who are behind like you know we have people appreciate things from a distance and that's great and, but and you but you really don't get a chance you don't know who the people are or you know behind these things and so i just think it's just important you know like that's comfortable right like you're you're comfortable behind the scenes and making things happen exactly. like, I'm, yeah. Right? I'm totally okay with being behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, he gives me a hard time about it sometimes, you know, he's like, you know, because sometimes they'll ask us to do an interview or something. I'm like, yeah, you do it. You, you go ahead. He's like, no, you, you got to be in this too. <laughs> so he kind of pushes me to be a little more uh, out there, but it's definitely uh, nerve wracking for me. No, I get it. I mean, even you know, for myself, I mean, I'm more of a behind the scenes person, but I just, I guess these days you kind of feel like, well, I think what it is is that you realize that like people do want to hear about the story. And once you realize that you're like, okay, I guess I should start, you know, getting more comfortable sharing it. And right. I would even push me outside of my comfort zone. I mean, there's a reason that we have, we do what we do, right? Like I'm more of a behind the scenes person. I'm more of the person who's orchestrating things. And I'm like, okay, you go out there and do your thing. You're set, you know? Um, but I think, you know, like someone like you is an inspiration. 
think as a woman, as a business owner, um, working in the space that you're working in. And so I just think that people really need to see you, hear about you, um, because we don't realize it. And I don't even think I ever like thought, I don't think, I mean, I always wanted to like give back and, and, um, and I care about educating and giving people opportunities, but you don't realize that just simply telling your story, a lot of times it, it helps people um, as they're figuring out their own journeys, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. In a sense, we do have a responsibility to, um, to tell our story, not because we want to be in the spotlight or because yeah, not definitely not because I want to be in a spotlight or even on, on the you know the front end of things. I'm very comfortable and very happy being like behind the scenes. Um, I'm not necessarily shy, but maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I've grown into be a little more of a, sh a shy person. I don't know. I never used to be, mm -hmm. um, but I think I yeah. Sometimes I do sit back and I think like me not telling or telling my story it probably is preventing someone from getting that confidence and and having the and, or giving someone hope that they too can do whatever it is that they want to do or whatever they have their heart set on um it's it's possible like i don't have a college education i don't come from a rich family i don't have um I didn't, I didn't have any of that to my disposal, disposal when I was, when we were building this, neither one of us did. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we still did it. And so I'm sure there's not, if not hundreds, thousands of people that come from where we came from or from the background that we come from. And uh, to, to, to let them know that it is uh, attainable and that it's possible. I think we do in some sense have a responsibility, right? Like you too, there's probably some girl in Queens that <laughs> never imagine or can't even imagine being in the situation that you're in. Um, yeah, I mean, you, when you start to kind of realize it, you're like- You take it for granted. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. And, and, and I mean, I even know just, it's funny because I didn't, uh, um, I did a panel earlier today and two of the women on the, myself and another woman, the moderator, we both mentioned the same women that we looked up to when we were younger coming into the business and that we had just heard this person's name and that, that inspired us, you know, um, when we were just were super young and didn't really necessarily know exactly what we wanted to do. But just by hearing about this one particular person, it kind of was like, oh, okay, this is someone who does this job and it made us see that oh maybe this is something that like it made us see that you know this is something that we could there's a place for you right there's definitely a place for you and right blueprint even though the blueprint's going to be different for everybody right. but definitely you know have some idea and and they're going to listen and they're going to feel motivated and inspired yeah, yeah. Exactly. Even if it's just motivating someone, you know, if that's all you can do, you should be taking advantage of it. But, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, it's tough when you're comfortable being behind the scenes. Right, of course. <laughs> um, well, so I thank you even that much more. Thank you.
that this was great. And um, yeah, so. Excited for you, congrats on the launch of this. Like I mentioned before, there's a void in the industry or in the market. And, um, and yeah, I think you guys can do a lot of things with this and take it far. Yeah, I hope you keep it going. All right, well, thank you for keeping me in mind again. And you have to stop by, hopefully this weekend, um, let you know for sure, but I think tomorrow is the goal. But more than likely, I think it's going to be Saturday that we open our doors. Okay. So I'll let you know. Okay. Bye bye. Let me know. All right. Have a good night. Likewise. All right. Bye. bye.